Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about how to disciple in difficult times. Uh, Right now, obviously, worldwide, we have some things going on with COVID-19 or the coronavirus, and uh, there are a lot of people probably fearful. There are a lot of people uh, responding. There are a lot of people reacting. And uh, our our own church here at Long Hollow, we've had to uh, go online for a time, and we're assessing that consistently. But one of the things that we began to think about when we thought about this podcast is how do we help people continue to grow spiritually and to help people, help other people continue to grow spiritually, even in difficult times. So we have this context that I would say in my lifetime, I've never experienced. It's new to me. This is a context in which, uh, you know, we have maybe minimal contact with other people, or we have uh, some people who are dealing with job situations that can be pretty challenging. Uh, we're being told, you know, not to meet in large groups, all the things that, that are, are being said currently. I think the focus of what we want to get into, though, is this is not the first time discipleship has had to happen in a difficult climate or a difficult context. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because you think about uh, is the coronavirus actually going to stop the Great Commission? Hmm. That's a good thing to think. I've got an easy answer. COVID nineteen. I've got an easy answer. Okay. What do you think? No. No. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think God's (laughs) surprised by. Uh, what's happening now right. should we be concerned as Christians obviously should we be uh, planning ahead and um, be wise uh, wise as serpents and is it no. shrewd as serpents. shrewd as serpents and wise as doves is that what the text says that's a we, we may want to look, we that look that one up Mr. John we, uh, let's ask our right. fact I'm coming off the top of my head with this our one fact, but I don't know if that's right fact checker today <laughs> is like, actually just looking up wise as serpent and shrewd as dove I, no, I, I think re- it's shrewd as a serpent okay regardless what it is is you need to be wise okay forget it you need to be wise but okay here's what i want to want to just encourage you with today we're trying to encourage you to show you that in spite of what's happening god has given us certain means by which we can make disciples we just have to be creative now if we were back 100 even 200 years ago maybe even 1000 2000 years ago like some of the guys did we would have some different challenges than we have today but god has given us the times and seasons for such a time as this okay so i don't want you to be discouraged i want you to be encouraged before i give you ways we can make disciples in this difficult time and in a digital age i'll give it i'll give kind of the punchline away let me show you a couple of things historically just to uh, really breathe some life into you. Uh, I learned this through a book called The Patient Ferment of the Church. Now, we talked about this yeah. in the past, and uh, this is a book, and I- I've read this book in the past about just how in the early church, the church grew right. through times of suffering and times of persecution. Now, the persecution was not through a disease or a virus. It was through the government and through religious leaders or through uh, um, faulty leaders. But the church grew in spite of the suffering and persecution. In fact, if you go back and just read the book of Acts, Chris, which is really interesting, Acts shows us that whenever the church was persecuted, uh, obviously by the Roman Empire, but when the church was persecuted, they actually expanded the movement of Christ. Because here's why I think. People are asking questions right now that they have never asked before. So Christian, listen to me. Disciple maker, I want you to hear this. 
You have an unprecedented opportunity right now to point your friends, to point your neighbors, to point your coworkers, to point your family to Jesus like never before. I had a meeting with my uh, my neighbors just this past weekend, and we were talking about, you know, are we going to be stuck in the homes? Are we not going to be able to travel? Are we not going to be able to do these certain things? And here's what I told them. Regardless of what, ha- you know, is this the end? Pastor, is this the end? I don't want to sound crazy, Pastor, but uh, is this the book of Revelation we're reading about? You know, that's the kind of questions I've been getting. And I told him, I said, listen, I don't know if it is or not. We don't know. You know, we can speculate. But regardless, you need to be ready. I told my doctor this when I was meeting with him. I said, a lot of people want to glamorize and um, and just spend time unpacking and exegeting the book of Revelation to determine the signs and seasons, who's the four horsemen, uh, who are the beasts, who, what are the seals. We can spend all our lifetime trying to figure out and never right. have really and an answer. And some have. And some have, right. Some but have here's made. the thing I know. If you don't understand the 65 books leading up to the 66th book, then the 66th book is irrelevant for you. Hmm. Why? Because if you don't understand who the person and the work and the nature of Christ is, mm-hmm. then where you're heading is not a place you want to go yeah. for eternity. It's a Christless place. So you need to understand who Jesus is and the mm-hmm. books leading up to Revelation to know who Jesus is at the end of time. Well, and one of the things, you know, in talking about all that is I recognize right out of the gate whenever we started thinking, okay, we're probably not going to have in-person service uh, for Sunday morning worship and then we started talking about working from home and some different things and obviously the the cdc and their recommendations uh i remember thinking okay my first priority do i have food do i have enough Mm. gas in my car you know and thinking of all these things and i and i started to think how high on the list is our spiritual needs Mm. how high on the list is thinking about what god is doing in the midst of all of this and how he's working in the lives of people and how he's calling his people to be a light in the midst of a dark time. Yeah, and and listen, God has discipled you. You have been discipled for such a time as this. And so don't don't miss this opportunity we have where the whole world's attention is now locked in on the future. We're in uncharted territory now. Obviously, we're we're in a place now in Christianity where we don't have an answer for the future in a sense uh, of of what's going to happen. And you can speculate, but here's the reality. I mean, think about it. You're sitting home right now, and things are changing by the day. Right. I mean, things are changing. Yeah, and and things are unfolding uh, by the day. And so what do people do who have no hope in Jesus? I was Mm. thinking about that this week. Yeah. What does the atheist do right now? Yeah. What does the non-believer do? Who do they call out to for help? Well, I think the challenge, too, is everyone's watching the news and they're listening to their friends and panic can rise in that. And, you know, obviously news wants to show what's getting ratings and this is getting ratings and, and so on and so forth. So I'm not saying don't watch the news and don't be informed. I'm just saying we all know that when we listen to what God is saying to us, that should always bring us back to who we are in Christ, that mm. we belong to him, that we have peace in the midst of every kind of storm, even yeah. one that may seem bigger because of the impact uh, globally that we're seeing right now. But the reality is, should we stop growing? Should we stop attempting to grow spiritually? Should we stop um, sharing the gospel and really making disciples? Yeah. And if, we, if, we, if the answer is no, which I think we're, we're going to agree yeah. that it is, how do we do that? in this type of context. And again, 
in any difficult scenario uh, in which maybe we're limited in some ways. And I think you began to share a little bit about how you've seen leaders lead in this type of environment already. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's new to us, maybe in the Americanized uh, side of that, but it's not. New. Well, here's, yeah, that's a great point. Here's what you need to remember. The way we lead as pastors and ministers and leaders in the church over the next few weeks will determine how our people follow us over the next few years. And if they get wind uh, that we're not concerned for them or we just want to meet as a church, and I know we can't do that now, but if they would have, hey, they just we all just want to meet so you can get my tithe or you want to meet just so you can get my attendance counter. You want to meet just because you can sit. And, and I'm not saying people are doing that, but if they get wind of that, Chris, yeah, they're going to turn us off and they're going to not follow us in the days ahead. So remember, this is not a surprise to the Lord. So here's what right. I want to share with you. This is not the same, but it's a little different. Uh, but I do think the principle is the same. Yeah. When I was in, I had the privilege a couple of years ago of traveling on a mission trip with my father. He was his mm-hmm. first mission trip. So where do you take dad on his first mission trip? Uh, Alabama. That would have been easy. No, to the Middle East. <laughs> I'm not saying Alabama needs the Lord more than other yeah. places. Well, they may. That might be an easier now, trip. Alabama football may. A but simpler trip. <laughs> Some would say there's no hope. I'm Don't kidding. get upset if you're in Alabama. We love man. all SEC sports teams. Yes. In fact, we're missing sports. Yeah, all we, of us we don't really point. get to watch much yeah, of it right so now, we but talk we do love it. it. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, when I went to this mission trip with my dad, it was a very difficult trip. We were going to go to three key places where underground believers were advancing the gospel in spite of difficult times. Hmm. Okay, Here are the three cities we went to. We went to Istanbul, Turkey. We went to Cairo, Egypt, and then actually went down on a caravan or, or actually on a trip down to Aswan, uh, Egypt, which is the southernmost part. Wow. The hottest place, Chris, I've ever been on planet Earth, 125 Isn't that like a degree. desert, a literal desert? Well, the Nile runs through it. Like, we look at the Nile, but it doesn't matter because the right. heat is, I mean, it was 125 degrees. Oh, my goodness. And when you were driving in the car, I put my head out the window, it was like a hairdryer in my face. And people live there. And people live there, and they minister there, and so it's a different. And God just showed me how much of a uh, big sissy I am with you know convenience and twenty first century right. life. But anyway, so and then the final place we went to was Lille, France, which was north of Paris, which is a uh, community really infiltrated by militant Islam and some other things. Okay, so anyway, so we went to uh, the these the cities with my father, and when I went to Cairo. It worked out where me and my missions pastor got invited to go to uh, a meeting with a church planter mm-hmm. who was translating the Bible into English mm-hmm. and using it as ESL classes for Muslim women. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. In Egypt and in the Middle East, Iran, he had all these different dangerous outposts, places. dangerous places where if they rise up and say, I'm a Christian, mm. they not only can be in prison, but they could lose their life. Wow. Okay. So there was this crazy, I mean, listen, there, this was like the craziest rendezvous chance meeting time. We didn't know if it was going to happen until the yeah. last minute. Okay. Wow. And my missions pastor, uh, said to me, he said, if it happens, he'll call us and we got to go immediately. Mm. So we had just gotten back from, from looking around and seeing some of the churches there. We were kind of worn out as about four or five in the afternoon. And he calls me and he says, the call just came in. We got to roll. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, where are we going? He said, I don't know where we're going, but some guy I've never met is going to be outside the hotel in 10 minutes. We're going to get into a car with him, drive to an undisclosed location, and meet. 
Sounds like a movie. Of I said, we sound like a Mission Impossible deal. Yeah. I said, what do I tell my dad? Like, where are we? <laughs> he said, you can't tell him anything. I'll see you downstairs in 10. Wow. <laughs> so we get downstairs. We're in Cairo. We get into a, we get into a, a vehicle. Your dad's with, the, with you. No, my dad didn't oh, go. Yeah, There's okay. no way my dad. No, yeah, it's just me and the missions passer. That's nervous it. nervous just thinking about it. No, believe me. If you know my dad, <laughs> we did not need my dad there. So, And I love my dad, but boy. Uh, so here is a six foot six, two hundred and seventy pound man trying to hide in an unmarked car, driving to an undisclosed location in Egypt to meet a local missionary church planner. You don't strike me as someone who's easy to hide. Oh my gosh, I was so nervous that they were go- not nervous, but I was like, people are going to see what is this right. American guy? Right. I, I didn't want to blow his cover more than right. my own. So we get to this, we get to this building downtown Cairo. The guy pulls up and he says, go walk in that door, go up the stairs to the 13th floor, walk down the hall, it's the last door on the left. This is what he tells us. I'm not making this up. Last door on the left. I said, okay. So we walk in this building. There are security guys with guns at the edge of the building, and we say, we're here to see so-and-so. Come on in. We hit this elevator. It was the smallest elevator I've ever been in. That was the journey, that was the yeah. journey itself, getting a little yeah. bitty elevator. So I got up. We walked out the door. Chris, we're in a vacant hallway, no lights on, barely, and we're trying to figure out what, there's like seven doors, and we're like, I think we got to go to the last door on the left. We go to the last door on the left. They say, uh, Pastor Robbie? That's us. They let us in. Okay, here's what this guy shows me. So here I am sitting with a modern-day martyr missionary, a missionary who's willing to be martyred for the faith, mm. risking his life. And he's and here's what he did. He's meeting with us to just encourage us to show us that the movement of God happens despite difficult circumstances. Mm. And here's what he did. He gave me this gift, one of the greatest gifts I have. It's in my office now. He said, I want to present to you a notebook. The notebook, and Jonathan, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but the notebook has Batman and Robin on the cover. It is a blank notebook with Batman and Robin that you'd buy a spiral notebook, but it was completely filled with Arabic. Mm. He handed me the notebook, and here's what he said. He said, this is the complete copy of the Gospels. This is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, written out in Arabic by a Muslim lady who after writing the gospel in Arabic, got saved. Wow. And what he said is, and I'm thinking, how is, like, if you put your head above water, if you claim to be a Christian, if you are, you know, in some of these harder areas of mm-hmm. Africa, and I'm, I won't mention the countries, but some of you know where they are. And they, this is not just, in, in, in Cairo, it's a little easier, but this is far-reaching countries of Africa, and you'll, you can know what they are, just look them up. But these are people getting saved. And here's what I left with. Here's what I left with, okay? Persecution can stop people meeting in mass groups, Mm -hmm. but persecution cannot stop the Great Commission. Mm, That's good. Viruses can stop us meeting in larger groups, but a virus can't stop the Great Commission, right? Like like an illness will cause us to to look at life differently in the days ahead Mm -hmm. because the reality is, Chris, when when we get through this, Mm -hmm. whatever happens, Okay, and I believe we're all going to get through this, and right. let's be encouraged that it's it, this will end. Okay, right. so I know sometimes. Let me just encourage you there, who is saying, "Why well, is this ever?" It's going to end, mm-hmm. and God's going to be glorified, right. and and good's going to come out of this some way, somehow. Now, I don't know how that is, right. and I don't know what that looks like, but there's going to be good that comes out of this. Mm-hmm. But here's what I want you to know: just because things are different or new, 
uh, doesn't mean God can't work in those situations. So what's going to happen is we're going to have uh, a new norm. And what the new norm may be is for the next few weeks is you can maximize technology mm-hmm. to make disciples. Now, yeah. we have in Replicate gone back and forth multiple times with meeting after meeting to say, can you make disciples through technology? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And I mean, we, yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yes, we exactly we have. have. We've, we've gone back and forth. And we have asked, have, could we do this? And is it possible? And what we have opted for for years and years is, yes, it's possible. But if we have a choice to meet in person, let's do it. Now, right. more recently, you and I have really pushed for this because you and I are a part of a gaming community, mm-hmm. and and obviously you've been gaming. Well, I guess we've been gaming different. Although you've Long been time. a PC gamer, I've right. been kind of a console gamer. But I brought you over to the light. You side. have brought me over to the to the light <laughs> side, not the dark side, but the light side. But but we have a community of friends. We did a whole podcast on this who we hang out with and talk online with. Some of these guys I've only met once or twice, and they have become some of my good friends, and I've never even seen these guys right. in person. In fact, I know these guys online better with a voice, right? not even a face, a voice, yeah. better than I know my own neighbors hmm. and some of my own family members. I mean, let's be honest, because I talk to these guys all the time. So here's what I want you to think, okay? Mm-hmm. This is my challenge to you. What are some creative ways that you can still meet for discipling relationships, right. not in person. Mm. So I've already texted my discipleship group, and I said, hey, we won't meet this week or even the next week in person, mm-hmm. obviously this week because of spring break and my boys were home right. and so I already planned that. But next week we're going to meet via Zoom or Skype yeah. or Google Hangout, and it will be just as impactful right. as meeting in person. Now somebody say, well, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You can't do that a lot. Let me ask you a question. Does the fact that you get your news from a man on a television minimize the truth of what you're hearing? Hmm, that's a good point. Now, some may say it depends on what news channel yeah. you to. Okay, we're not going to go there. The idea is can you trust any of the news? Can you trust any of it? Yeah. But the, but the thing is, the medium by which you receive the message right. doesn't minimize the impact. Yeah. That's what I'm getting and at. We have to maximize our technology right now as one of the things we want to stress on this as we're wrapping up here is... We need to abide by the safety precautions being put into place. You know, the CDC as local governments and national governments uh, speak into creating a healthy environment. It is loving to help your neighbor be healthy. It's a loving thing to do. And uh, I had a conversation with my mother about this. She's like, well, shouldn't you still meet at church? And, you know, some pastors are still making the decision to do that. We're not faulting anyone or blaming anyone or saying what's right or wrong. Here's what we're saying. It is loving to care about the health of your neighbor. And uh, and so without getting into all of those discussions. Well, I I will say there's a helpful article we just read. Yes. And I think we can encourage people to read this by uh, Bruce Ashford. We'll link that in. And we can link Bruce Ashford's article. And it's basically because what people are doing is they're trying to compare the Roman government mm-hmm. and, and and you know the the persecution of Rome to not meet with right. a virus of the government telling us to not meet it's right. not apples to apples sure. we are not meeting not because we are being told spiritually or religiously or doctrinally not to meet right. we're not meeting because we're trying to protect the well-being right. of those around we want us to help those around us who are susceptible the greatest picture right. i've seen of this is a is a line of matches did you see this I did picture see this one, yeah. so Seven matches on the left, seven matches on the right, and then one match is pulled low, pulled below, and the seven matches on the left are completely burned. The one match that is pulled out of line 
keeps it from prepares the rest of them from burning. Yeah, and I thought that was a great insight of how the the most loving thing we can do. Yeah. is to not meet with larger groups or, yeah. or groups of people. So. Yeah, and, and as you make those decisions, again, our suggestion is always to you know look at what the CDC is saying and follow those guidelines. We're not here to set guidelines for you. But I think the key is we need to continue doing what God's called us to do, and that's make disciples. And as the context shifts, as the struggles come, as we see how we have to work through this, we just need to be obedient and following God to do what he's called us to do ultimately. Yeah, here's my challenge to us before we close. Would you join me in this opportunity that I don't think I've ever seen in my lifetime before to pray for God to bring worldwide revival to this world? Mm -hmm. I mean, I really think, could this be the revival that we've all been praying for, that God would turn people's hearts back to him and people far would repent and people out of connection with families would return and reconciliation would happen and people who are out there would come back. Okay, so... Could this be it? Because we've been praying for this, and I've been reading about this in school, and you have as well, and we've been asking God, just let us see it. Mm -hmm. And I just want to challenge you, for revival to come to your family, for revival to come to your community, for revival to come to your church, don't miss this, it has to start with you. Mm -hmm. So ask God to revive you, and when he revives you, watch what he can do. Well, thanks as always for joining us. It can be a somber time when we're dealing with issues, but we still know that God loves us, God is good, and God is going to use us for his glory, as Pastor mentioned. As always, if this podcast has been helpful, please share it with someone else, and we will see you next time here on the podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple-making, resources related to disciple-making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.